We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the NFL Weekly Preview right here on Roto Grinders with the Luch and TJ. Busy week in sports, TJ Lasig. How are you today? Yes, sir. Good as always on this Monday. Had another another good week of DFS in the books for us. Thought it was a pretty interesting slate the way some things shook out. We had the return of Christian McCaffrey coming right in for a, a big game, but then seems like potentially getting himself hurt again so I think that's going to be a big story this week we had Dalvin Cook go off for another monster game that's back-to-back kind of slate breaking performances from him had some shootouts on our hands uh, had some some injuries I know that a lot of my teams had had Justin Jackson and or David Johnson in them both of which I mean the Justin Jackson thing was frustrating guy gets hurt on the first play he was in my DK cash lineup so that was a bit of a bummer, although the lineup still cashed a lot of double ups. So pretty good week overall. Still waiting for waiting for the big GPP week. Hopefully it's it's coming down the stretch here this second half. But uh yeah. Excited to have another week to look at here with you. Yeah, it wasn't a great week for for leverage in a lot of places. Uh for me personally, I saw the Dalvin Cook ownership, played him in cash, thankfully, and rightfully so. I made some GPP teams with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson were like sub 5%. So I tried to gain some leverage there. It didn't work out, obviously. But another week with some unexpectedness, as usual. But, yeah, some key injuries. Like you said, McCaffrey came and had a big day and then got hurt. We did get word of that on Monday morning. Uh, Justin Jackson, we don't know what the status there was. First snap of the game. And he was pretty popular across the board. And, of course, David Johnson – um, another game where uh, there was a lot of good fantasy goodness in that one as well. So we'll get to the injuries when we dive in there, but let's talk about 
one of the highest profiling shootouts. Buffalo 44, Seattle 34. A lot of people were on Tyler Lockett. His ownership reflected it. You know, Metcalf still carried his own. A lot of people thought, well, you know, look at the matchup on the outside, and the Bills have been horrible against the slot. But this was DK Metcalf again this week. Don't call him DJ. And the quarterbacks went off, ton of yards in this game. Your boy Josh Allen, is he good again? What's up? Yeah, I mean, he's he's the MVP, obviously. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Josh Allen looked great yesterday. Watched a good bit of that game. I think that you know, it didn't really go the way I was expecting with Buffalo getting off to, to such a big lead and Seattle playing from behind. But, yeah, the Metcalf-Lockett thing, I mean, it's really just going to be a guessing game, I think, on a – on a week-to-week basis, any given week, either one of the two could could go off for that monster game. I think now back-to-back, we've had it for Metcalf. So I'm just going to continue to to monitor both of those guys on any given week. I think you want to try and – if you can figure out who the lower-owned guy is going to be, target that one in, in tournaments, although they, they both tend to get get some ownership at the end of the day. And – on the Buffalo side of things, I thought that one of the one of the surprising returns was John Brown coming back with his first kind of big big performance that we've seen in, in quite a while. I know he's been battling injuries, but had himself eleven targets, eight catches, ninety nine yards. So good to see John Brown back in action. And yeah, but both of these two teams are setting up for shootouts in their respective games coming up this week because it's going to be Buffalo, Arizona, and Seattle and the Rams. So both of those games sitting right at 55 and a half point totals and one and a half point spread. So I think that it's a good place to start because these are going to be two teams that we're also going to want to take a look at in their respective matchups in week 10. And the thing is, you might be thinking, well, maybe I'll just fade Metcalf or Lockett problem is if Chris Carson's hurt and Carlos Hyde's hurt, and they're not going to run the ball. DJ Dallas had seven carries. Homer had six. The game script was there to pass. Problem is, Russell Wilson is on pace for 56 passing touchdowns. So how do you fade one of his two main targets where it is pretty damn condensed target share as it is between the two? He doesn't throw to Greg Olson or Disley volume-wise. They might catch a touchdown every now and then. David Moore only shows up on showdown slates, right? He only breaks those. So that's like every other – every three weeks, maybe David Moore will do something. But, yeah, it, it's hard to not play one of them on a given week. So let's jump into that Seattle-Arizona matchup. And, uh, I mean, all those guys are in play again. We don't have a lot of hard data while we're recording this in terms of targets and things like that. So we're going to do our best here recording this Monday afternoon and some things across the industry haven't seemed to update. And uh, I apologize. I'm in Seattle and the Rams. Let's talk about Seattle and the Rams. Russell Wilson, 7.7 on DK. The Rams coming off a bye, I believe. So here we are. And this is a divisional game. Are you worried at all about these two opponents knowing each other, cliche kind of thing? What are your thoughts on this game? Pretty high Vegas total here as well? Yeah, my thoughts are – I know this because I've written in my article two weeks in a row – is that Seattle games have averaged 
66 points per game. And obviously yesterday's score kind of keeps them right in line there. So I think we'll, we'll have another shootout on our hands here. I mean, Seattle's not stopping anyone defensively. Every single team that they're playing is putting up points. And then obviously with Russ and that power, powerhouse offense on the other side, we'll, we'll see that. You know, I think we're going to have another shootout here. And it's an interesting one because on Seattle, we have a very concentrated target share, right? You've got Russ, you've got Lockett, and you've got Metcalf. I don't, I don't know that I have a ton of interest outside of those three. I mean, you mentioned DJ Dallas. He was setting up as a chalky play this past week. And I'm looking now, he only played 31% of the snaps, got out-snapped by Travis Homer. So, I mean, not really loving going back there. And then on the other side of the ball – when it comes to the Rams, we have like the opposite case where you never know when it's going to be Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. It could be any mix of you know which tight end is going to get the touchdown. So I think for that reason, it actually makes a great game stack for tournaments because you can mix and match different pieces from the Rams side. I think before their week, Cooper Cup had like 20 targets or something outrageous in their in their previous game. So definitely would would look to to Cup and and Robert Woods there. I would say are my Favorite people on the Rams side. Let's see. We've got Cup at 6,900 on DraftKings. Woods at 6,600. So, again, they're like a, a tier down price-wise from where you see people like Metcalf sitting. But I think that it's a great game to, to stack up Russ and either Metcalf or Lockett and run it back with one of those Rams receivers. I never get Cooper Cup right. I feel like every year I've slammed Cooper Cup in a lineup, whether it was on a showdown – and he, he was, like, guarded by one of the worst rated corners across the industry. Uh, either the game script wasn't there or Jared Goff just stunk. And there, there lies the problem, right? We're going to find out how bad Jared Goff is or how bad, historically bad, this Seattle defense really is, right? Because Goff's been pretty brutal at times this year. But Seattle just doesn't care. And they have no choice but to hashtag let Russ cook. Because if you don't, you're going to be trailing in every game you play with how bad that defense is. Jamal Adams didn't solve a lot of problems on Sunday, right? He didn't solve any problems being back in that secondary. Oh, we got Jamal Adams back. Maybe we'll keep the Bills under 40. Didn't happen. MVP Josh Allen lit him up. We'll get to the Bills then. But in terms of the Rams, we actually do have Rams data because they were on a bye. But there's no – like you said, the, the target market share is spread out. Cooper Cup, 25%. Bobby Trees, as the kids call him, 20%. And then you go down. Number three is Josh Reynolds at 13%, Higby 11%, and Gerald Everett at 10%. So you obviously want to give Woods and, and Cup your first look, but you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Josh Reynolds pokes his head into some Millie Maker GPP lineup or something like that. I mean, the guy that won DK's Millie had Gabe Davis on his team, who was the third receiver in that Buffalo shootout. So I can't call you too crazy to get any kind of Rams exposure. Obviously, we like the passing game there. We like the shootout mentality. The last game that the Rams played, Jared Goff, who is 6.5 on DK, against Miami. Oh, that was the Miami defensive team slate breaker week. Goff mustered together 17 DraftKings points with 61 passing attempts. It's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. 355 yards, he had only one touchdown. <laughs> 61 passes and you throw one touchdown. So there's that. But we're, we're, we're on Monday here. If you had to guess, looking at the, this quarterback pricing, I guess is where we're going here. 
do you think golf's going to be popular solely off of how bad Seattle is and, and the Vegas hole there? I would think not. I mean, sitting at 6,500, he's, he's up there with some, some bigger names. If he was maybe in the high five keys, I could see him garnering some ownership, but I mean, he's only a hundred less than Herbert, 400 less than Watson. So I think he goes overlooked, but at the same time, I mean, I feel like I talk about it every week, but I, I don't know that I'm looking to go to someone like golf in tournaments just when we have all of these dual threat quarterback options. I mean, we did, we did see Drew Locke end up in some winning GPP lineups this past week, but I think that is a bit of an exception just because he was so cheap at 5,200. Um, and I think for the most part, it's and even even Drew Locke. I mean, he had. I'm looking now. He had seven. He ran seven times for 47 yards and a touchdown. So right. while points. he while he may not be someone that we consider typically a dual threat, he ended up in GPP lineups because for that game he brought upside with the legs. And I just in this the way that the NFL is right now, and with the way that these quarterbacks are setting up, I just don't see a ton of upside for quarterbacks that are not getting any extra points by running the ball so I guess that's a long-winded way to say not super interested in golf but but of course interested in in Russ on the other side and yeah I'd much rather go with the, the Russ Lockett or Russ Metcalf and then run it back with any of those Rams players like you said I think that's a great spot to get different bingo you nailed it Drew Locke had 11 rushing yards coming into that game against Atlanta I uh, still would have been fine without it, but he wouldn't have been in tournament winning teams. And you know, he was fine for cash at that price without the what 10.7 points he would have had, like 22 and change. That's fine. You can, you know, as long as you didn't have one of those injuries and you played Dalvin, you probably did fine in double ups if you went that route. But also, Atlanta's the worst defense in the league, right? Like you target receivers against them every slate. So he needed that to take down tournaments. You made a really good point. And uh, Drew Locke will take on Las Vegas next week, too. Another pretty not-so-great defense. Their secondary is getting a little better, but nothing to write home against there. But you make a lot of sense. You know, uh, I'd, I'd rather do a run back with the Rams. But, I mean, Goff's going to have to – if he's not going to have a single rushing statistic, I mean, maybe he'll have, like, 12 yards or something, right? Like, maybe he'll just get a first down or two. He would have to get super lucky, like a quarterback sneak to probably score, Right. He's going to have to throw what? Four, I don't even know. 300 yards and three touchdowns to be really, to be pretty good in GPPs, right? And maybe like, maybe like more to take GPPs down at, at that price, right? But hypothetically speaking here with the other matchups and the guys with legs on this slate. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. And we can use that to transition into the Buffalo, Arizona game because Kyler Murray is the perfect example. I mean, Last week, 11 carries, 106 yards, and a touchdown. So we've literally got other quarterbacks hitting the 100-yard rushing bonus. And, I mean, you just look at Murray's game log. He's never scored less than 24 DraftKings points this season. Has gone above 40 each of his past two games now. It's just – it's t- and now, granted, Murray's all the way up at 8K now. He's the most expensive quarterback on the slate. So – they do make you pay for it now, which is good. It's not an easy plug-and-play. But I think that this Buffalo-Arizona game is going to be a super interesting one from a game stack perspective. You've got two offenses with 
dynamic dual threat quarterbacks and relatively condensed target shares. Uh, interesting thing to follow is DeAndre Hopkins only had three targets, three cat or three catches for 30 yards last week. So, I mean, I think that that is a pretty extreme outlier. I wouldn't expect, I mean, the, tar- the targets, three targets is, is crazy to me. I don't know exactly what went on there. So maybe that's a little bit of a get right spot for Hopkins. If people are going to look at the game log and not want to go back to him, you can run that, that Kyler Hopkins stack. Obviously on the other side, we've got my boy, Josh Allen, stack him up with Diggs, stack him up with John Brown. Uh, I, I, lo- I love all the goodness here and I'm bearing the lead a little bit by not mentioning Chase Edmonds. Now Chase Edmonds did not have a very standout game when it comes to DraftKings points, only scored 11.8 points, but he played, I think, 96% of the snaps, 25 carries, three targets, and he went down $500 to 6300 So, I mean, uh, I'm going to be playing Chase Edmonds. Hopefully people don't want to play him because of last week, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think by the time the week is over, he'll be the chalk again, and, and for good reason. 25 carries is absolute workhorse status in today's NFL. So I'm with you on that. And this Buffalo defense just isn't isn't the lockdown unit we saw even a year ago. Uh, Travis White's been pretty bad. I mean, we just saw what happened to him with Metcalf. You know, not saying he was on him every play, but people used to be running away. Oh, Travis White's going to shadow him. I'm not playing him, right? So I, I like the the going back to Hopkins thing. Um, Edmonds, you know, 6,300 is for a dual threat running back for a guy that'll catch passes too, is very, very enticing. I mean, can you play a full game, not a full game stack or whatever you want to call it. Can you play Kyler with Edmonds and Hopkins? I mean, it's going to be pretty expensive, right? Especially if you're going to run it back, but it's not my style really. And it's not your style, but we saw a lot of GPP winners on both sites where they just had a, a two player stack team stack from a game and didn't run it back with anybody. So, I mean, it could be done, but like, you know, you've said this on previous pods that you just have to be right about more things, which is tough. It's tough to do. On the contrary, there are so many points across the league that it could be done, right? We've, we're just seeing a high rate of snaps, a high rate of plays. We're seeing high Vegas totals, but there aren't a ton of monster totals on this week's card, right? So um, we just brought up two games we wanted to hit from the get-go because those should be the games you're plugging in some guys. You're going to see a lot of high ownerships, but there are ways to get leverage in there in those games as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I mean, you said, I I do think that you can play a Kyler Hopkins Edmonds stack. Obviously it's very expensive. You're once you do that, you're not going to be able to run it back with, with digs on the other side, but that's when you get a little bit different and you can run it back either with John Brown or even one of the cheaper guys, right? I mean, we talked about Gabriel Davis. He, he got four catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown last week. So not to say, oh, Gabriel Davis is a great play this week, but it's just saying that that is possible for these kind of tertiary pieces in these offenses. And and these types of game stacks is how you get onto a play like a Gabriel Davis, right? You're, you're never, hopefully, never going to be playing Gabriel Davis in a one-off. That I would never recommend that, but, I mean, if you want to – run someone like him back in a Kyler stack and you need the salary savings, I think that's perfectly fine and also helps you differentiate in a game that is popular overall as a stack, but taking the lower owned pieces of that game. 
EJ, if you played Gabriel Davis as a one-off last week, it might have won a million dollars. The Million Maker Maker winner on DK played Lockwood Judy, didn't run it back with anybody from Atlanta. McCaffrey one-off, Dalvin Cook one-off, Keenan Allen one-off, Jonu Smith tighten up one-off. He played Scary Terry against the Giants defense and played them both. So that's interesting. Did I just give advice that directly prevents people from winning a million dollars? Man, I guess that maybe that's why I'm not a millionaire yet. You gotta just play the one-off Gabriel Davises, and that's how you get there. I mean, I would gladly switch spots with Mangione Motorsports in a heartbeat who won the mill or whatever it is, but my my brain wouldn't have came up with that lineup. But that is a sick lineup. I mean, geez. But, yeah, so you made a lot of good points. Get your dual threat guys. You know, we, we've seen the prices reflect so. And um, what game do you want to hit next? I mean, we're talking about dual threat guys. And um, we can uh, – a team that's on a bye this week is the Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes, McCaffrey came back, was in the GPP Millie-making lineup, got hurt again, like we said. We don't know what his status is. I mean, you can kind of just plug in Mike Davis if McCaffrey's out kind of thing. We – we know that for sure, um, but here we are again, and, and poor McCaffrey and you know, his season-long owners, and we, we wish him a, a speedy recovery. Hopefully, it's not serious. Hopefully, he plays, um, but yeah, another game where we didn't expect the Chiefs to trail, so the game script was Mahomes, 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 who came in at like 5% on DK, and same for Tyreek, and same for Travis Kelsey. And for the second week in a row, I had a Mahomes stack and ran it back with a decent guy and did not play Dalvin Cook with him because I'm an idiot and I paid the chalk, I guess. But is it – Clyde Edwards-Alaire has seen single-digit carries in back-to-back weeks. Is it, Was this a game script thing? Are you kind of just waiting and seeing until further notice? Uh, Daryl Williams outworked Le'Veon Bell in this game, I believe. I don't, we don't have the numbers in front of us, but just – Bizarre. I mean, let Mahomes cook. He is arguably, I guess, now the best quarterback in football. Um, but is that a game script thing? And, you know, Curtis Samuel went off. You know, we you know, people in the industry were talking about, you know, one of the Panthers is probably going to do some damage, you know, shoot out potential. So uh, another, another game where the game script wasn't really what, what most people had in mind. But, you know, when you go against the grain, that's where money's made in DFS. And Curtis Samuel, 29 DK points, DJ. Yeah, quite the game from Curtis Samuel. I mean, I think that's that's actually the exact thing I was just talking about, right? The I think it was the winner of the luxury box had Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Obviously a very expensive stack there. So once you're paying for that, it's not like you're running it back with Christian McCaffrey or even with a Robbie Anderson. So you got to go cheaper. So that's how you end up on Curtis Samuel. And he goes off for the big game. So I think that, that's a perfect example there. And I think he came in at like – two percent ownership in that tournament at least so something to think about is the idea of running back some of those cheaper more off the board plays with some of your more expensive stacks and you touched on the Chiefs running back situation I mean I'm looking now it's pretty much like a three-man backfield so looking at at snap percentages from from this past week Edwards Hilaire played 40 percent Le'Veon Bell played 31%, and Darrell Williams played 29%. So, I mean, that it's basically becoming an untouchable backfield at this point from a daily fantasy perspective because 
you're only out there for for a third of the game, I mean, I don't care how efficient you are, it's going to be really hard to hit a ceiling game with that kind of usage. So for that reason, going forward with Chiefs, obviously we talked about their own bye this week, but it's going to be all, all about the Mahomes stacks. And then on the Panthers side, yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey comes back in instantly, gets 70% of the snaps, which I guess is light for him, but that's not necessarily easing him back in, I would say. Had 18 carries, 10 targets, and, and did Christian McCaffrey things, scoring two touchdowns, getting over 100 total yards, going off for 37 DraftKings points. So it sounds like he hurt his shoulder, so we'll continue to monitor his status. He's also the, the most expensive running back at 9K. And, yeah, they're considering him day-to-day. So, I mean, I think that we saw enough from McCaffrey this past week from a workload perspective that if he's, if he's back and playing, I don't think we need to worry too much about his snap count. 9K is a little, little expensive. I mean, that's still priced that, you know, when he was getting 90 95% of the snaps. But got McCaffrey there. And then oh, in terms of the – Oh, DK dropped the ball, man. Uh-oh, what's that? Mike Davis? Mike Davis. Yeah. Oh, no, he's 4K. He's 4K. Oh, my K. Goodness, I just saw that. Oh, what? come on. I could throw up. No way. Come on, DraftKings. I wonder what he is on FanDuel. I'll have to check uh, when we're on our next discussion. But, That's see, nuts. The, the great thing what? about this show is – How does that is, happen? How does you, that happen? You get our instant reaction, especially when <laughs> we don't have data and, like, we worked all day. It's like no filter. Like, what are you doing, DraftKings? Come on. That's ridiculous. That's even, actually ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. We've even seen <laughs> some other guys, like, that were on their way back from injury that DraftKings appropriately kept their price up, you know, just in case. But, I mean, we're looking at – if McCaffrey's out, you're looking at, I don't know, 80% – 100%. Like, 100% yeah, like I Davis mean, that's league. ridiculous. I mean, you get, for a guy that catches passes, he literally needs to get – pull a Justin Jackson and not score until probably bust, right? Like, this <laughs> It's a free square. Wow. Come on. I was just going to make a point about how Mike Davis had one game with 10 catches, and, like, McCaffrey did that, and you're thinking, well, it's, it's an outlier for Davis probably, but McCaffrey kind of does that more often than, than anybody else. And DJ Moore had three targets in this kind of game, and he's been a guy that was kind of disappearing you know, every now and then more than he should be as it is. And Robbie Anderson still saw his targets. Even Curtis Samuel, you know, saw his, so – just thought that was interesting with the whole DJ Moore um, thing. And I know we spent a lot of time on this, these couple of games here, but we thought they were pretty critical. Um, we're going to try to you know, get through these as time permits here. But we did witness, you know, to piggyback off of Carolina, who's going to be at home against Tampa Bay. What did we see on Sunday night football, man? I was shocked of, of what I was watching. And I often I debated on turning it off at halftime. But I thought, okay, you never know. It's Tom Brady, you know, Bronk. They got Antonio Brown. Maybe they'll score a couple times. Nope. Nope. It was bad. It was, it, was, it was very bad. Tom Brady looked just awful. I mean, I was saying to you before the show, it's like how many times does he just throw a long ball and you're like kind of like, okay, maybe a big play is about to happen. And then it's just literally no one's even anywhere near where he's throwing it. I, I don't know what's going on there. It was it was a tough scene. Obviously, the the first game with Antonio Brown, he jumped right into a pretty full workload, playing seventy eight percent of the snaps. So, I mean, it looked pretty much like it was Evans Godwin, Antonio Brown, and then Scotty Miller filling in in that that fourth 
receiver role. So not not a lot of guessing work there. I mean, it's pretty clear that that Antonio Brown's going to slot right into a role. But the the target share pretty well, very very evenly distributed. Look at this: yeah. six for Mike Evans, six for Godwin, six for Fournette, six for Gronk, five for Antonio Brown. I mean, they're they're spreading the ball around and. <laughs> but also not completing a lot of those passes either. You get, so, do you have snap uh, counts for um, Fournette and Rojo, out of curiosity? I, yes. I, I just looked at Fournette, and he had one carry for zero, zero yards, which looked hysterical, but he caught six passes. And, you know, I wouldn't mind. This is a team that they don't know who they want their receivers to be. They don't know who they want in the backfield. It's just a lot of transition, and a 43-year-old quarterback is um, – it's just strange in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah, Fournette had a – it was basically a 66-33 split in favor of Fournette. So, Fournette wow. over Ronald Jones. But, yeah, I mean, the the Tampa offense is tough to target from a daily fantasy perspective because, I mean, even take away the fact that, that they look terrible. They're just – and it's it's typical Tom Brady a lot of time to spread the ball around. But it seems like he hasn't – he hasn't really found his, you know, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker of the past, the guy that, that's going to get 10 to 12 targets that they seem to be pretty spread out on a regular basis. So not not my favorite passing game to target, but, uh, I mean, definitely expect some some points to be scored in the game. So maybe this is one of those games where, where you take two correlated pieces but neither of the quarterbacks – and just have that as like a, a, a mini stack in addition to another lineup, I, I can see that being the case. I still can't get over Mike Davis being 4K. I guess they, saw, I guess they saw enough of McCaffrey to be like, hey, he'll be fine the rest of the year. 5,400 <laughs> on FanDuel too, so they also oh, messed up. Wow. I hope not, not as plays. badly, but, but pretty We bad. all hope McCaffrey plays. At least there's going to be more decisions to be made, right, in the yeah, thought that's process. Right. That's really going to hurt the slate. Uh, for sure. For sure. And I, I know we don't typically, uh, you know, talk about position by position. Um, but just looking at the rest of the running backs there and for conversation's sake, it's interesting. You know, James Conner, everybody loved against Dallas. That game script wasn't exactly what everybody thought it would be. I mean, they weren't ever getting slaughtered, but he still only had nine carries. They have Aaron Jones up at 7-1, who apparently had you know, injury issues last week. He looked fine. He had his normal workload on uh, with a Thursday night. And he's got Jacksonville. And every time I hear Jacksonville run D, I just think of what Joe Mixon did earlier this year. Like, that's all I need to like, see in my brain. Uh, and, of course, we got Kamara. Uh, interesting situation in Cleveland. Do you want to go there? You want to go Cleveland-Houston since the, the total yeah. is 54 and the Browns are a three-point – Home favorite? Yeah, I think that's a good a good game to talk about. And I think Chubb is still going to be out. I think it, it seems like he's coming back to practice a little bit, but it, it most likely seems like he's still going to be out. I don't know. But we'll, we'll kind of talk as if he's going to be out. And, uh, yeah, from the, the Cleveland side of things, they were on by last week, right? And the previous week was when Kareem Hunt was was kind of the the chalky slam dunk play that didn't really perform much at all. Still played on eighty six percent of the snaps, but didn't deliver much from a from a box score perspective. But 
I think that he's probably someone that you can look to go back to maybe as more of a, a tournament play in this spot. And then on the Houston side, we'll, we'll monitor the David Johnson injury, see what's going on there. He was in the concussion protocol. So if he does indeed get ruled with a concussion, I assume that he would probably be out again. But I think that this, this Texans passing offense continues to be one to, to take a look at. I mean, Brandon Cooks, Ever since I played Brandon Cooks in cash and he got zero points, he's been killing it, like, every single week. He had – you know, I mean, he only had three catches, but he had 83 yards and a touchdown, and he had nine targets. So, still getting that volume. I think that, that Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, I mean, both of those guys uh, at any given time can get you that 70-yard touchdown. So, I'm going to love Watson Stacks this week, and I think you can run it back with a, a couple different things on the – the Cleveland side. Yeah, that uh, was a bad Brandon Cooks chalkweed, and he's been crushing it ever since. And that's the funny thing about volatility and daily fantasy sports and, and the NFL and, you know, who scores? You know, you got whoever scores the touchdowns, basically, you know, it sounds stupid, but, uh, that it, you know, one guy crosses the pylon, you know, you get vultured all the time. Uh, and, you know, one thing you don't want to be volatile in when you're doing what you're doing is when you're grooming. And let me tell you about Manscaped, who is uh, our read this week. They got a lot to offer. A lot to offer. Doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're taking care of yourself, you got to check out Manscaped. And if you go over there to manscaped.com, you get 20% off in free shipping with code ROTO, R O T O, R O T O. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Offers a replaceable ceramic blade, advanced skin safe technology, helps reduce grooming accidents. Not accident like Justin Jackson one snap chalk, but more important things to take care of there. Weed whacker ear, nose, hair trim uses the same skin safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours. I'm Italian. Enough said. Got those nose hairs. Got to take care of yourself. Hop over there to Manscaped. Treat yourself, take care, and Manscaped says they want to make sure that you don't carve your pumpkins. That was a pretty good one, Manscaped PR team. I like what you're doing there. Get on over there at manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. Promo code ROTO, R-O-T-O. Made the Brandon Cooks chalk, and he goes off ever since. And, you know, we don't half the world probably didn't know who Jacksonville was starting at quarterback, but he hit up DJ Chark early in the game for a bomb. So... He had such great chemistry with Minshew last year. Couldn't really get into a rhythm this year. And, man, that little Houston Shark run back, if you had Dalvin with it, was was pretty interesting too. The Jaguars are currently 14-point dogs against Green Bay this coming week in Lambeau. How about Robinson this year? Undrafted guy, I believe. And if he wasn't undrafted in the NFL, he was probably undrafted in a lot of fantasy leagues. I'll have to check on that. I'm not sure. But he's a top 10 back in PPR formats. And there's a guy where you're like, okay, like the game script is not Robinson. It's not a running back against the Packers. But I've just seen such – we see weird stuff every week, and we say this. We didn't expect the Chiefs to trail this week. We didn't expect uh, Buffalo to play with such a lead, I guess, as they did. So we saw what Dalvin Cook did to the Packers. The I know Robinson isn't Dalvin Cook. People were on Jermichael Hasty in a showdown a couple of days ago against the Packers and just didn't work out. 
So I'm not saying oh, you're probably going to get him in minimal ownership, depending on what opens up. That's just kind of my, my contrarian thought looking at that game. And on the flip side, Devontae Adams is just a monster, an absolute monster, TJ. 9K on DK, I mean, but you can still expect some pretty high ownerships, and he'll probably be a cash play, especially if some value like Mike Davis opens up. Um, what are your initial thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, Adams is just a beast. Last three games, 36, 30, 47 fantasy points. Week one, 44 fantasy points. I mean, the guy has maybe the highest floor ceiling combination out of anyone, including any of the running backs. So 9K, certainly a steep price tag. But like you said, if we have some of that value open up, uh, you can certainly see going there. And, I mean, I think it's another – it's a nice spot for – Aaron Jones as well. I think we've seen Jacksonville have some troubles against teams on the ground. Aaron Jones came back from injury, slotted right into his typical role playing, you know, 60, 65% of the snaps, which is about what we expect for Aaron Jones. I think it's a a notch in his favor if Jamal Williams, although he may be back. But if Williams is out again, I think he's probably back because he was a COVID thing, right? So, yeah. He'll, he'll likely be back in, but um, I mean, yeah, with the Packers, it's, it's Aaron Jones, it's Devonte Adams. And I like the Robinson call. I mean, I think that, that he's proven to be one of the top workhorse backs that, that we're going to have. And like you said, it's one thing, obviously it doesn't set up as a great game script for Robinson, but on one hand, crazy things can happen. And on the other, I mean, he's getting targeted, in the passing game, going back past couple games, two, six, four, seven, four, six, four targets. So even if they get behind, Robinson still remains a part of that offense. So I like that call there. Uh, I know we're trying to wrap up soon. You yeah, want to just yeah. do a couple quick hitters on some of the – Yeah, let's do a quick hit, couple games. quick hitters. I was going to ask you about the Steelers, and they almost lost to Dallas. That just shows you the minuscule – uh talent gap in the league i guess like everybody's good right even the bad players are are not bad and it's a chess game schematically so many different matchups individually by position groups and man dallas could have stole that game and i I gotta i gotta know i don't know i guess i haven't watched every steelers game i have a ton of steelers friends here in pennsylvania i should probably ask one of the competent ones what they think there aren't many of them, guys. Love you guys. But just saying that as a salty Titans fan. Um, but it's like for most of the game, those defensive backs were playing 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. And I think maybe that's why you saw Connor with nine carries. He, he Ben was just – I can't even talk. Ben was just dumping the ball off to whoever was flanked out. They were getting four or five yards a pop, right? And I don't know if it was a time thing, but like Dallas couldn't have been that comfortable with their – you know, single-digit lead, I would think. But when Pittsburgh did play the Titans, I'm saying this because this were two of the games I watched most of, kind of the same thing. You know, those are really good Steelers receivers and to secondaries that are overmatched. Maybe they're just giving them the cushion. I mean, if you're you're a competitive game, you're going to take those four or five-yard, you know, plays when you can, right? So you can't fault Ben for, for doing what he was doing. But did you see any of that Dallas game? Did you see any of that? I mean, did you notice the cushion on the outside? Yeah, yeah, I did see some of that. It seemed like they were just open underneath all yeah. day. And, I mean, I think kind of going along with that, the 
when Deontay Johnson plays a full game, he's basically seems like he's like a lock for ten plus targets. So I, I'd I'd like to continue taking a look at him. We saw Juju finally break out a bit, yeah. almost hit a hundred yards, but got himself in the end zone. Six catches, ninety three yards, and a touchdown. So I think that that there's some some goodness to this Pittsburgh Cincinnati game. And I mean, one of the things I like about it is that you have pretty pretty nice run back options on the Cincinnati side, right? With with any of those three receivers, Boyd, Higgins, AJ Green can run it back with any of them. And uh, so yeah, I think that, that there's some some sneaky game stack potential in the Cincinnati Pittsburgh game. And yeah, James Conner just doesn't just not very involved. I guess is the bottom line. I mean. He's someone who I always, you know, my, my first, yeah, I see this Pittsburgh seven and a half home point favorites. My first instinct is, oh, good spot for James Conner. But then as you dig deeper, he's just not on the field that much. He's not getting the ball that much. So it seems like Pittsburgh's really, like you said, focusing more on that short passing game as opposed to the run game. And Ben got dinged up, but he played, and, the th- and he's still priced accordingly. Like, maybe more based on the household name and, and the Vegas total. But, you know, he has he scored more than 25 DK points once, and it was Sunday, right? So, like, if you want to take something down, you need, like, 30-plus from one of these guys with legs. I guess not need. If you have the right pieces, sure. But more oftentimes than not, you need the Kyler or the Josh Allen six carries for 60 yards and two scores or something, right? You just need that other dimension. Um, and Ben's over six. 6K on DK still. And I guess I'm more prone to play in these Pittsburgh receivers. If they're going to get these underneath with, with secondaries that just can't match up with them. And maybe they maybe they have the best trio of receivers in football, right? Obviously I know Seattle has two very good ones, right? And some of these other teams, whatever you want to say, you know, the Panthers have a great trio as well. And I guess now Tampa Bay, but when Pittsburgh's healthy, they're right up there too. So it's hard. It's really hard to determine who's going to, who's going to catch the touchdown. Right, your guess is as good as mine. But if they're all going to have seven or eight catches and they're all you know pretty fairly priced, then uh, I'm more prone to play them in full PPR mode. But you know, good point there on that game. A couple quick hitters here. Talk to me about the Eagles Giants. I won't even talk about this one. You're the Eagles guy here. Forty four over under oh. three and a half point favorites for the Eagles. Give me like thirty seconds, forty five seconds on the Birds Giants. Yeah, I mean, I think that it'll be a relatively ugly one from a a fantasy perspective. I think we're still waiting to see if Miles Sanders is going to be back. I think he's back practicing. So, I mean, I think I think Miles Sanders could could potentially be in play if you really want to play someone from this game. But for the most part, it's going to be an avoid for me on the Giants side. I mean, if I had to go with someone, I guess I'd call out Slayton and and Sterling Shepard, but Really not not a ton to love here for my Eagles. I think that they're the lowest total on the board at, at 44. So I think we're expecting a typical NFC East reverse shootout <laughs> where both teams are going to just – it's going to be begging the other team to, to win the game from them. So it was, it was kind of nice not having to, to watch an Eagles game this past weekend. You know, they're a little bit painful to watch. <laughs> um, and then another NFC team – another NFC East team. So we talk about teams like Pittsburgh or the Rams where you don't know where the ball is going to go or who's going to score the touchdowns. When it comes to the Washington football team, it's going to be Terry, Terry McLaurin and probably no one else. I mean, that guy for me is a, 
a one-off GPP play any any week in any matchup. I mean, I think we've seen it time and time again for these past two years. At any time, he can just go off for that 60-yard touchdown. So McLaurin's always in my GPP mix. That'll be the case again this weekend in the, the Washington-Detroit matchup. So, again, not a game that I love, but but I do just think that McLaurin's a baller and is always in play. Agreed. He's a baller. If I'm reading this right, the football team had nine carries in a competitive game. J.D. McKissick had 14 targets. I did see that. Captain Checkdown, Alex Smith coming in. Is that have anything to do with it, you think? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, I was actually looking at McKissick because – or I wasn't looking at McKissick, but I was looking at numbers, and McKissick <laughs> kind of came across my radar because – so so this is interesting. So you look at snap counts. McKissick played 83% of the snaps, and Gibson played 46%. So they must be using McKissick in some sort of, like, hybrid receiver running back short dump-off dump role. Uh, I can't say that I, I watched – the tape on this one. Come on, you don't but, watch the football team? Yeah, yeah, did not watch the football team this past weekend, unfortunately. But, yeah, I mean, maybe McKissick's someone to look a little bit more at. It it, it sounds laughable at first, but it seems like there's a, a legit role there. And I think he ended up with like 17 or 18 DraftKings points. Broncos Raiders will try to fire through a couple of these. Pretty high total, 51 and a half. Vegas, five-point favorites at home. Denver has been super banged up all year. Another team where you don't know where the ball is really going to go to other than Darren Waller, who's first to come to mind. I'm uh, not crazy about Josh Jacobs in this one. I will say on the flip side, Noah Fant re-aggravated his injury. So if he doesn't play, I do you know, want to go back to Jerry Judy. And he's a volatile guy, right? He's young. Anybody playing with Drew Locke is going to be volatile as well. But 24 tar- targets across the last two weeks. We know he had the pretty good game script against Atlanta last week. But – I think it's I think it's starting to become his offense uh, there. So I think Judy is interesting in that game. You got anything? Yep, agreed. I think we we're, we're starting to see Jerry Judy's coming out party here, and I think he's he's someone to take a look at. And like you said, on the other side, Waller. So again, that's another one of those little pieces. You throw a, a Judy Waller mini stack into a a lineup that has another game stack. I, I like that approach for tournaments. Two more games on the main slate, TJ. We'll get through these, and we'll call it a day. Two a time, baby. Two a season. The Dolphins, what a difference a week makes. He didn't have to do much against the Cardinals, and what he did wasn't impressive, but damn, he looked all right on Sunday, and they're going to play the Chargers, who have been in very close battles. And Herbert... You know, people, if Tua makes a charge, people might be climbing the Tua for rookie of the year kind of trend. I could, Probably, because he's Tua. And here's Herbert, who's just been balling. He's been balling. The Chargers have been opening it up a little more. They've been passing more on early downs instead of just being way too predictable. So a 47.5 total, maybe not the best fantasy game, but a 4 o'clock game that I'm going to want to watch just to see these two guys go against each other. The future of the NFL, potentially. Agreed. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun game to watch. I mean, two quarterbacks are just – just enjoyable to watch, right? Um, they can they can move a little bit, get it done with the legs. You can see you can see the talent, but you can also see that it's a little bit raw at the same time. So I think that that's going to be a fun game. And I mean, there's there could be some sneaky some sneaky upside there. Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's always going to be yep. in play. Always a guy that I'm looking towards in my cash games or in my 
smaller entry field tournaments. And I mean, he's still sitting at 7,100 on DraftKings. They just, they refuse to, it's like there's some sort of uh, blocker in the DK pricing algorithm that says Keenan Allen cannot go above 7,200, <laughs> even though he scores 25 points every single week. So every week. I'll keep playing him as long as we can afford him because, I mean, the target share. Last three games, and I'll stop there, 11, 12, and 13 targets. And that's, that's on some of the – I mean, he bases a floor of 10 targets unless he gets hurt. So, Keenan Allen, always a good play. And, like, Hunter Henry, last four games, eight targets, seven targets, four targets, seven targets. Can one of them be a good game? 23 yards, 23 yards, 33 yards, 33 yards. What is up with that? What is it a dot of, like – Two and a half? Like, what's going on here? I, I don't know. But, hey, that just, as long as he keeps n- not making the most of his opportunities or if Herbert's just not finding him, that volume that Keenan Allen's got. And, and Miami's D has made strides. They're, they're borderline pretty good. I can't believe I'm saying this. But we saw what they did in free agency, bringing in some defensive backs. They drafted more defensive backs in the draft. And it's a passing league. I get it. I, I love what they did there to kind of sure up that back end there. But – the volume, if Herbert's going to keep going there, you got to take the volume. Like it. Uh, last game, which we'll probably have to monitor uh, on main slate, that is, with injuries throughout the week, is New Orleans nine-and-a-half-point favorites against the 49ers, who just when you were going to trust Jermichael Hasty last week, he had like three carries and got significantly outsnapped by Jarek McKinnon. So I don't really know what's going on with Mostert. I think he was on the IR. I don't think he's coming back yet. Tevin Coleman, I don't know. The Niners are just, oh, God, with all the injuries. So, uh, are people going to chase Richie James's career 185-yard <laughs> performance or no? That's a great question. Maybe they will. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you. I feel like any given week, I don't even know. Like, you got to look at the, the 49ers roster to see who the heck's playing. Richie James, 4K. Ugh. 4K. 4K one nine, nine carry or nine catches, 184 yards, and a touchdown last time out. Unbelievable. Um, that's yeah. I mean, if again, I'm not I'm not up to date exactly on their injury status, but you could probably do worse things with punts, right? Not not many 4K punts have shown that kind of upside ever. So we'll uh, we'll see. But if they have those other guys coming back, obviously he'll get diminished in his in his role there and. On the other side of the ball with New Orleans, it's going to be Kamara, right? He'll probably continue to be. I mean, he hasn't – I feel like Kamara keeps, you know, having these floor-type games where he'll still get you 15 to 25 points but hasn't had a, a true breakout game yet. Obviously, Michael Thomas came back this past yeah. week. 55% of snaps. I mean, this is a game where Jameis Winston even saw 14% in the blowout – so I actually think, you know, looking at the receivers, Traquan played 62%, and Thomas is right there at 55%. Five-snap difference. I mean, maybe he gets one full week of practice in, and maybe suddenly we're looking at a guy who's 7,400, and, you know, with Keenan Allen right there and Devontae Adams being Devontae Adams and, and Metcalf falling out and Cooper Cup against Seattle and Scary Terry, and the list goes on. That is maybe Michael Thomas just sitting there at, at suboptimal. Am I saying too much? <laughs> is that some guy we could look at? Yeah, I mean, certainly. 7,400 DraftKings, Michael Thomas. We would think that that maybe he'll get more of a workload, more snaps this coming week. I, I think that that's certainly in play. It's, you know, preseason, he, he would have been up there with, with Devontae Adams in the, the high 8K 
nine K range. So For sure. I like that call and, I, and I'm sure he'll, he'll come in at low ownership just because people are, are a little hesitant to go there still. I know we're coming up on our hour. So let's close out with our, I think maybe we should just make this our thing. We'll close out with our, what are you doing at trash tight end this week? Right. Every week we're like, well, there's no tight end. Look at tight end this week. George Kittle's on IR. Noah Fant might not play. So you have Darren Waller, you have Hawkinson, who are both in decent spots. Um, And then, you know, you kind of drop off a little. So I want to say matchup we saw a couple weeks ago, the guy who cost him the game, Evan Ingram, has seen 29 targets in the last three weeks, I believe. You're the Eagles guy okay. here. Okay. You like that matchup at all? 4,500? I, I do, him? actually. That's a good call. That's a good call. 4,500 is not a bad price there. Let's see. I'm taking a look at Ingram now. Yeah. 10, 10, 9 targets the past three games. Wow. Eagles do not care to invest much in, in linebackers as a part of their strategy, which does not seem to be going great for them. So they, they tend to struggle a bit against tight ends. So I actually, I think that's a, a nice call there. But, yeah, wow, tight end is ugly this week. Um, we'll have to see if anything can emerge from a, a value standpoint. But, yeah, t- tight end is an interesting, interesting thing in general. I, I think that that's, that's why a popular thing to do is becoming to just completely punt it off. I mean, you saw people play Irv Smith this past week. In cash games, I think he had like two catches for like two yards and two touchdowns. So gets the job done. But yeah, it, it, and then highlights. We don't, obviously we don't have Travis Kelsey on this slate here. So especially once that you don't have that person that's going to kind of separate themselves from the position. It, it definitely makes sense to find find some guys that you like in the lower price range. And I think it's also. And sorry, I'll stop talking after this. But I think it's also a good spot to to mix in a cheap punt tight end as a part of your game stack, right? If, if tight ends already super unpredictable anyways, like, right, you throw in your Higby at 3,700 into a Seattle game stack and just hope that, hope that he hits or, you know, you throw in Darren Fells with your Deshaun Watson stack. I'm just throwing out random names here now, but I think that the theory holds true of in a position where you're not likely to be able to predict the outcome anyways, just make it correlate with your lineup and GPPs and hope that you have the right guy that hits. What's up with Goddard? 84% of the snaps before the buy didn't really do anything. We know what his upside is. I'm, I might play one of those tight ends from that game. Maybe I'm thinking. Yeah. I think Goddard would be fine too. Yeah. I don't, he only had one target last game, Yeah, but he's coming back from injury. They had the bye week. So I think, I like it. I think Goddard is also in play. There you I go. Like Philly Giants, double stack tight ends. Oh, no. <laughs> Got anything else? Don't do that. Anything else coming up uh, football-wise you want to talk about? I know you put out a GPP article. Where can the people find you? And it's Masters Week. Got anything going on in golf? Uh, absolutely, yes. Very excited about Masters Week. Be doing my, my golf content there. Have an article coming out tomorrow or Tuesday. Have my NFL GPP article coming out on Friday. Find me on Twitter at TJL5124DFS. And, yeah, let's, uh, let's take, take down some tournaments the second half of the NFL season. Let's do it. You can look me up on Twitter at the J Carlucci. Hit us up. Like the podcast. Subscribe. Please give us some feedback. 
Let us know what you want to hear or what you don't want to hear. Maybe you don't want to hear us talk about tight ends, but someone's got to do it. We're doing the dirty work here on the NFL Weekly Preview Pod right here on Roto Grinders. If you're not over there getting our premium content and our tools, you're missing out. The Optimizer, Lineup HQ, top of the industry. Top of the industry. For TJ Lasik and the rest of the Roto Grinders crew, I'm Justin Carlucci. Have a good week and good luck.